Have you been letting your past define who you are or who you will be in the future? I was recently reminded of an important truth in my life. The fact that I was bullied for so much of my childhood turned me into someone who is deadly afraid of not being liked. So it's no wonder that I feel most comfortable with a small audience because as your audience grows, the higher are the chances of running into bullies, trolls, and even finding people who will be disappointed in you at one time or another, and they will not be afraid to say it out loud. Do you know what are the areas of your past that are impacting how you show up right now? Can you pinpoint an event in your life or a belief that you've always held that seems to be in conflict with your idea of success? That's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, I'm your host, Ina Coveney. Every Monday, I bring you an interview with an amazing, successful online coach where we uncover their true startup story and we wrap it up with a companion episode on Thursdays, this one right here, where I teach you three things that our guest is doing very right in their business and you should start doing right now. And today, our focus will be on three ways to prevent your past from repressing your present and your future. This episode was inspired by our last conversation with one of the most open and vulnerable entrepreneurs I know, Mario Faccini. Mario is an amazing coach and speaker who will help you write your next book. And you bet I asked him for his best tips. So go back and listen to that episode when you're done with this one. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while you're plotting your corporate exit, let me send you a big hug and tell you that the dream is possible and you're doing all the right things. So just hang in there. Also, please take a moment to head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Welcome to The Global Phenomenon, the podcast about online coaching, the inspiring new career path responsible for multiple self-made millionaires, opening the doors for experts and professionals like you and me to stop living paycheck to paycheck and design a rich and abundant life with one purpose, to help others. I'm your host, Ina Coveney, six-figure entrepreneur and business coach. Listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon. Today's episode begins now. When I was a young girl, and I want you to picture 10 years old, I was in fifth grade, and um, I was not a popular person. I was not popular. In fact, I was put in this group called the Rejects. It was, it was like that. It was like super obvious. Like there were popular people and then rejected people. They even had a name, the rejects. And that's where people would put me into. If I'm not in the popular zone, I must be in the reject pile. So that's what I was growing up. Hello, my name is Ina, right? And I'm in the reject pile. I was 10 years old and I was the shortest person in my class. Um, and I knew that because they would line us up by height to 
line up and come into the classroom. And I was always first in line. Uh, my height is something that I've always worn as a badge of honor because uh, I liked being first. <laughs> I liked being first everywhere I went. Uh, it's not something that ever faced me. But it's something that became very easy for kids who are completely immature to pick at. And not only that, not only was I teased because of my height and being called a dwarf or an elf or things like that, I was always teased for the clothes I was wearing. Mind you, this was the, the clothes weren't even a thing. I was in a classroom or in a school where we had mandated uniforms. Okay, so in a school that had mandated uniforms, how can you possibly make fun of somebody's clothing? Well, you can, because our uniform, our uniforms were a shirt of a particular color, depending on your grade, and uh, jeans and shoes. And the shoes were okay to be black or brown, but they didn't let you, you know, get out of that. They wouldn't even let you wear sneakers unless you were doing PE that day. So uh, they would make fun that my shoes were too pointy, making them think of elves. Um, they were making fun of that my jeans were not Levi's. So they made fun of the brand of my jeans. Uh, they made fun of the way that I gave presentations in school. Um, they made fun of who I liked because at that age everybody knows who likes everybody else and one time there was a homecoming queen vote situation happening right um, there was this thing we used to do like the Olympic games and each grade would compete in these games or etc et anyway there was a homecoming queen thing that you had to select in the classroom. And I knew I wasn't going to win. Like I knew it. But they would enter the names of every girl, right? So um, when they announced that I had been the winner and that the whole classroom had voted for me, and it was literally the whole classroom because there were 28 kids in the class and there were like 35 votes for me, right? I knew immediately that it was a prank, I knew it right away. And I actually don't even remember being upset about it. I remember feeling like, ha, those suckers. <laughs> I'm going to get to be homecoming queen because they can't keep their jokes down, right? Like because they can't control themselves at being immature. I'm going to get to be homecoming queen. I saw it as a win. Um, so it's like, sweet. Right? That's great. And I knew it was a prank because I had seen them do that to other girls in previous years. I had seen other classrooms do the same to other girls. So I knew it was a prank. And I'm like, ha, sweet. Right? I'm like, who cares? Then came the regret. Not from me, but from the kids. The kids realized that Oh, shoot, the one, the person who's going to be representing us in front of the whole school, well, like who, who, and the whole school is going to be presenting like their prettiest girl of the classroom, we are going to be introducing Ina. Once that reality set in, they went to complain to the teacher. Teacher, it's not fair. Uh, this was a prank. This is not who we really wanted to win, right? And the teacher didn't do anything about it right then. So I kept arguing for the fact that too bad. 
right? I'm like, and I'm sure the adults will agree with me. I'm 10 years old. Like, I'm sure the adults will agree with me that, you know, too bad. You voted for me. I won. I get to be homecoming queen. It's so obvious. It's, yes, that, that's what's going to happen. Too bad, suckers. And um, I remember standing in front of the line, right? We were walking into the classroom. This was probably like after recess the same day or maybe like morning the next day. And I'm walking into the classroom and I hear the two girls behind me talking about this situation. How like, no, they have to let us repeat the vote. They have to let us do it over. It was a prank. I didn't even vote for Ina. Like This was a prank made by some kids in the class. And I turn around and I'm like, you guys understand that you just get what you get, right? You do a prank. These are the consequences of that prank. So I'm not sure that anything is going to change. And one of the girls says, Ina, you don't understand. We did it because we felt sorry for you. And that's the moment when my entire world came crashing down. I was so good up until that point. And that was the point where I was like, wait, wait a minute. What's like, what's happening? What my, my feelings just started to flare up, right? It's like, what's happening? What's happening? So I, you know, I kept arguing because I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what happened in every moment that happened after that. But the teachers, in their eternal wisdom, they decided to side with the bullies. And they said, you know what? You guys are right. I have no idea what they were thinking. Like, you guys are right. There were 35 votes for Ina. That There were 28 kids in the classroom. This doesn't add up. We should do the vote over. It was a, you know, misvote or whatever. Like a mistrial. Like, this was obviously fake votes. Let's do this over again. And I'm here like, what are you guys thinking? Like, I feel like I'm in, I'm in Twilight Zone. Like, this is, this is unreal. And they go ahead and they do the vote again. And I'm here like, I don't understand why the adults are not stepping up here. They're letting this happen. They do the vote over. Prettier, taller girl wins. I had not much against that tall, pretty girl. Other than the fact that, you know, she had been a part of the bullying situation that had been coming up this year. But I'm like, obviously she won, right? Like that's, it's just so obvious. But I still fought it. I was still like, this doesn't make any sense. Okay, is there any adult in the room that can tell me that this makes any sense? So I kept fighting. I talked to the teacher. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't even remember the response. Um... So we went out to recess, everybody happy that Ina got humiliated, right? And I'm here like, I can't be outside. I can't go to recess with these kids. I'm here very upset, right? Like borderline, like hysterical, right? Just like, I'm just, I'm gonna just spend recess in the classroom by myself. I, I cannot be outside with other kids. So I... Walk, I think I walked outside and I just turned around and started walking towards the classroom. And I see that the tall, beautiful girl who won is standing in the hallway. So it's not in the hallway, like in the entrance of my classroom with her two cronies, right? Like one of the girls who said that 
they did it because I, they were sorry for me. Um, they were standing there, like hovering in the entrance. But by that time, I was so close to the door that they had already seen me. I couldn't just like turn around and leave. I had to walk through the threshold and just put my head up high and just say, okay, I intended to walk through the door. I'm going to walk through the door. So head up high, started walking through the door. The girls are looking at me, laughing at me. And the tall, beautiful girl puts her foot out and I trip over it and fall flat on my face inside the classroom. And they start laughing like this, like cackling laugh at me. And that's when I snapped. Ten-year-old girl, I snapped. I got up and I ran to this classroom next to the administration where I knew all the teachers, because I don't know who created the system, but all the teachers were voting for who would be the queen of the level, right? In, in where I grew up, levels were, you know, from first to sixth grade, it's a level elementary school. Uh, middle school is seventh to ninth grade, that's level two, right? So I was in sixth grade, so this was, they were selecting the queen of the level of elementary school. And I, I remember bursting the doors open. The, my, me, this little 10-year-old thing, bursting the doors open and seeing the teachers sitting in the desks who are deliberating on who should win queen. And I started screaming. And all I remember is the face of this teacher who wasn't even my teacher. She was a teacher for fourth grade, I think. Uh, I just remember her looking at me frightened because I went straight into her and I started screaming, let her win, let her win. Because at this point I was done fighting. I was done being humiliated. I wanted everything to be over. I wanted the pain to be over. So I started screaming hysterically and crying with my red face, crying. Let her win. Just let her win. Just forget about everything. Let's just let her win. They tried to calm me down. They sat me down. And they called over the tall, beautiful girl. And they said, okay, we understand what's happening. So why don't we give you both the opportunity to pose to see who would win the queen of the level. Like, let, let's assume that you both won the election and you both get to be considered for the queen of the level. Let's do it. And I'm like, I'm here hysterically hyperventilating, but I'm like, okay, that seems fair, right? So here comes tall, beautiful girl, stands next to me, strikes a pose, beautiful smile, and there I am, tiny little thing, red face, hysterically crying, standing next to her, looking like I'm five inches tall, trying to stand on my tippy toes so that I wouldn't look so short next to her, and smiling, smiling right through the tears, smiling right through the red face, right? Trying to look pretty so that they would consider me to be queen. That was probably the most humiliating experience of my life. And these girls have no idea what they did, right? And you know, in adulthood, me here, Ina, at 
a 41-year-old confident woman, I understand that they were kids, that this wasn't an environment that was regulated by parents or by teachers. Bullying wasn't a concept. It was just a rite of passage. It was a milestone that people had to go through, that kids had to go through. I understand the cultural context of it. And I understand that they're probably amazing people in their own right in adulthood. And I can't really blame them for the environment they grew up in and the circumstances they were put into. They were just reacting to their environment. So I don't want to put blame on them. But this happened and it affected me for the rest of my life. And somebody brought up to me in the very recent, <laughs> recent past that isn't it possible that the reason my audience has always been small is because I am trying to stay safe from scrutiny, from bullying, from trolling, from feeling that way again. And I'm like, that makes a ton of sense. Because if there's one thing that I love doing is teaching on video, working with clients, figuring things out. And if there's another thing that I have been really, really mediocre at is growing my audience. Why? Why am I so bad at growing an audience when I'm so great at working with clients, at monetizing the audience that I already have? Where does that come from? And it's very possible that it's all one big subconscious self-sabotaging technique. <laughs> it's not intentional, but it's an unconscious self-sabotaging circumstance that I find myself in where I know that if I get a bigger audience there is a higher chance that people won't like me that people won't that people will humiliate me that people will have something negative to say about me that my life growing up where I grew up and being bullied every day of my life up until I was 16 years old, it's possible, very likely, that the way that I act now has everything to do with avoiding pain. Avoiding the pain that I felt as a young girl. So I wanted to come here and tell you the story because there was a time when I couldn't tell the story without breaking down and sobbing into tears and being angry that the parents and teachers didn't do anything about it and being angry that these kids are now adults and they have no idea what they did to me, right? Now I am kind of in that spot where it's like, it's, I've processed it. I've, gone, I've talked about this with trauma coaches. I've talked about this with mindset coaches, with uh, therapists. I've been in therapy for 20 years, right? I've talked about it enough that it's one of those things that you realize, why am I letting this, this thing that happened 30 years ago, affect the future that I want to build? I only have one life and I'm letting 
this thing that happened affect the way that I act now and the way that I grow my business now. I am still processing through it. But I know that just like me, you might have a similar story of something that happened to you back in the day that was, it, it could have been a million times even more traumatic than my experience being humiliated in front of the entire school, of me snapping like a twig at the age of 10 in front of an entire classroom of kids and classroom full of teachers, right? I know that something may have happened and it's something that you might still be dealing with to this day. So how can I come here and talk to you about business strategy and about putting yourself out there and creating videos and starting a podcast and sharing your message if there's still so much work to be done inside? Because these things go hand in hand. We can't have an amazing business where we have an incredible message for the world without understanding where we came from, why we act the way we do, and where we're going and what that has to do with our past. So what I wanted to come here and share with you today is three things that I believe you need to be focusing on and focusing on hard, things that you really need to focus on figuring out so that your business can start working, so that things don't get in your way. All right, and it has everything to do with dealing with this past. So I'm gonna give you these three things. Starting with number one, if you need to, you need to process these experiences with a professional. It could be a trauma-informed coach. It could be a licensed social worker. It could be a therapist who has experience with childhood trauma. Somebody out there has the tools and the know-how to help you process this internally. And you need to give them that chance. You got to go and talk to them and share with them what you think now and let them ask you questions. There's a lot of people, and by the way, I'm not qualified to give you any kind of medical or therapy advice. I am not a trauma coach. I'm not a mindset coach. I am not qualified to give you advice on this. The only thing I'm suggesting is that you go and talk to someone who is, okay? And my tip, by the way, from somebody who's been in therapy for 30 years, 30 years, about 30 years actually, is that you don't go to therapy or to a coach for them to solve the problem or for them to tell you what to do or for them to give you advice. You go to them so that they can help you figure things out. The more questions a therapist a coach asks, the better your results are going to be. They have to be talking less and asking more. That's how you know that you're in the right place. All right. So you can start digging into your mind and answering questions like, why do you still feel this way? Why did it feel that way back then? Right. But talk to a professional because there are ways that you could be re-traumatized by recounting things that maybe you need to continue recounting. But again, I'm not a professional, talk to someone who is. So that's my tip number one. Find yourself someone you trust that can help you figure these things out so you can talk about them without crying anymore, which could take a while. It could take a while, okay? Talk to a professional about this. That's number one. Number two, 
in order for this business to work, you have to develop some self-awareness. What is self-awareness? It means knowing why you make the decisions that you make. And this is not easy to explain to someone who doesn't have self-awareness. Because if I tell you right now, um, you know, that I decided to get on TikTok, right? And you ask me, why did you decide to get on TikTok? My immediate answer is going to be, I wanted to grow my audience and it was time, right? When really, I know because I've done my self-awareness work that what I'm in constant search of is love and validation because of my past with bullying. All I'm ever in search for is love and validation and to feel safe, to feel safe from people humiliating me and making me feel the way those kids make me feel back then. That's all I'm in search for. So you need to be able to answer those questions for yourself. Why did you decide to become a coach of all things? It's not just to have flexibility and to make money. Why? Only you know the answer to that question. And it's never as simple as it sounds. You always need to peel the onion. Self-awareness comes when you know why you're making the decisions that you make. Okay? And this, this is so important because... If there is something that you need to do next that you're stopping yourself from doing, you got to know why. If you don't know why, you're not going to be able to get over that hurdle. You're going to keep feeding yourself excuses and you're never going to see anything moving forward. You're going to keep blaming mentors, blaming coaches, blaming that strategy, blaming the algorithm if you don't truly understand why you do what you do. And point number three to help you take that next step, to help you move forward, you got to ask yourself, what is the next hard thing that you need to do? You don't want to do it. You haven't done it yet. Maybe you're feeding yourself excuses about why you haven't done it yet. And really ask yourself, why are you not doing it? Is it because of fear or is it because it's out of alignment? Those are the only two options here. If there's something you need to do and you haven't done it yet, is it because you're afraid of something? And what is it? Afraid of visibility? Afraid that bullies will come out of the woodwork? Afraid that you will fail? Afraid that you will succeed? What is it that's stopping you? Is it fear? Or is this action truly out of alignment with you, right? There are certain things that I do or don't do because I honestly believe that it doesn't match my values. You see what I mean? It has nothing to do with fear. You know, why haven't you done that? Everybody's doing it. It doesn't match my values. It's not something that I believe is the smart thing for me to do right now. And it has nothing to do with fear. Ina, why haven't you improve the SEO of your YouTube channel so that it can get more than 50 subscribers. You publish in it twice every week. Why isn't your audience bigger? You should be doing something better. No, the reason I haven't focused on my YouTube channel is because I have my priority someplace else. And right now that is a lower priority. But it's not because of fear. It's not because of fear that my YouTube channel is going to blow up or not. 
has nothing to do with that. I have a strategy, I believe in it, and I'm going for it. Do you know why you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing or what you really want to do? So those are the three things that if you're suffering from past baggage, I need you to do right now. Number one, do you need to process this with a professional? If you haven't, the answer is going to be yes. Get yourself some help to help you figure some of these things out on your own with a professional. Number two, develop self-awareness. When you make a decision, ask yourself, why did I do that? What has happened in my past? What has happened in my history that made me make this decision now? What is it? And know that why. Know that deeper why. And stop feeding yourself excuses. And stop blaming everybody else for what's happening. Why are you doing or not doing what you're supposed to do? And number three, if you're not doing one particular thing, ask yourself, is it because it's out of alignment with your values and your strategy? Or is it because of fear? Walk through each one of these things and your business has no way to go but up. I know you got this. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down. I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at your engagement coach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support. I'll see you on the next episode.